This is the Patriots Drive Podcast. We are all Patriots. Where we discuss, analyze, and answer questions to all things happening in the NFL and with our New England Patriots. Now, here's your host, Cole Kelly. Welcome in to another edition of the Patriots Drive Podcast. Lots happened since we were last on here. We the whole Bill Belichick news, Gerard Mayo, the GM cert. So we got a lot of different stuff to touch on, a lot of thoughts to get out there. But I'm here with my co-host Jace Campbell. How's it going, Jace? Yeah, it's going good. It's a, uh, it's it's an interesting uh, time to be a Patriots fan. <laughs> New head coach. Honestly, I didn't think we'd be the first team to hire a head coach, especially you know after departing a Bill Belichick. But we got the news less than 24 hours later, and. Um, here we are. We're we're in a new era of Patriots football officially. Everyone, whether you were you know thirty when they had the dynasty, or kind of like us, where you were in your childhood and stuff, it's the run's officially over, and we'll see where it goes, and we'll talk about what's coming up. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to take some time for sure to get used to it. Yeah, it definitely it de- definitely hasn't fully hit me yet. Um, and hey, everybody who's who's in the chat, Patriots forever, MA football guy, Nightshade. It's good to see you guys. Um, yeah, it definitely hasn't really fully hit me yet that Belichick's gone. I think same with the Brady situation. It took until I saw him in a different uniform and I saw the Patriots play without him. Once I see Bill not on the sideline, I think that's kind of when it's going to really hit me. But yeah, it's I have not watched a Patriots game that Bill Belichick was not the head coach. So, I mean, he's been the head coach for longer than I've been alive in it's going to take some adjusting, but I think it was time. And that was kind of what was weird was we, I think both of us agreed that it was time and this is a good thing, but it also still felt weird when the announcement came out and we saw all the videos and tributes and stuff. It was, that was, that hit me like I didn't expect it to. I, I thought I'd be more excited, but it kind of was like, ah, oh, well, it's really over now. But then I now kind of looking at it, it's like, Okay, we got Gerard. This is the right thing. This is what we all wanted, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um. How How do I feel about it? I think Cole hit it on the head. It's like anytime you're letting the greatest of all time go at something, right? We kind of experienced it with Brady when Brady left. We experienced it, but it was kind of only one part of the equation, you know, that made us so good. And then you know he leaves, he goes and wins the Super Bowl. I think it will make it hard if you know Bill goes and wins the Super Bowl. And I do want him to get that win record. I wish it could have been in New England, but I agree with you. I think it was time. Like I just I don't see how it was going to happen here in New England. We're going to probably win three or four more games next year, depending on you know who he goes and signs and if he has a great draft class, which in the last three years he hasn't. So what was going to change? And so I'm excited to see him go somewhere. You know, no matter where he goes, I hope he gets that. Um, win record but yeah it's just it's hard to swallow because like you said I've never watched a Patriots game without Bill Belichick on the sideline and you know the last three years I hadn't watched a game without Brady playing for the Patriots and so we kind of get over that right oh now Brady's not here we have you know Mac Jones Bailey Zappi whoever it's going to be that obviously didn't work out and now we're going to go in and be like now we don't have our coach who had the greatest um, thing of all time so it's definitely hard to swallow. It's going to be interesting time. And it's, you know, time where Patriots fans have never really, we've just never had to experience this. Like this is just something we've been so blessed with. And, and, you know, some people probably in this chat or watching this video have, they remember the early nineties or the eighties and stuff where the struggle happened. 
even if that you do remember that it's probably a fond memory because it just has been so long and so we should be very blessed with what we're dealing with um, or what we had but yeah we'll see uh we'll see what's uh what's going to happen in the future yeah absolutely i mean very appreciative of what belichick and brady brought us and and all the joy over the years you know what i mean just getting to see six super bowls and i think i only was really live watching three of them because the first three i was too young to really know what was going on but yeah i mean it's it's certainly a new era and i think that's kind of how we'll touch we'll we'll start this thing off is touching on the new head coach gerard mayo the youngest active coach in the nfl right now by like three months behind uh sean mcveigh so we can touch on that and then we'll get into a little bit later the gm search and, and all that stuff but what are your initial thoughts on gerard did you do you think they made the right decision do you like that they didn't interview anybody what's your kind of overall thoughts yeah well there is a report today that kind of came out and i don't know what to believe but they're saying that because of how quick the uh, coaching search went and how there really wasn't interviews outside of gerard mayo there might be a little bit more coaching dysfunction i don't know if i believe that because i think everyone in that building knew it was written into gerard mayo's contract right like Last year, because he didn't take a head coaching job, he rewrote his contract. People knew like he is the successor to Bill Belichick. Now, did people think it was going to be one year after? Probably not. They probably thought it would be two or three down the road, but you know, it is what it is. So I really only thought that it would be Vrabel and Mayo. I thought it would be a little more interesting because Mike Vrabel got fired and that probably doesn't come around often. And Robert Kraft probably wasn't thinking that was going to be an option, but you know, it, they don't even interview him. And um, now they're saying that um, it's or sorry. Now Gerard Mayo is the guy and they stuck with their guns, right? They signed him to stay as the defensive coordinator, the assistant head coach or associate head coach. And he's next in line. And so I kind of respect Kraft for doing that, you know, saying that he's uh, um, the guy and they signed him to it. And let's just hire him within 24 hours. Let's get a leader in the building. Let's start rebuilding this. And you know, making whatever changes need to be changed along personnel lines, uh, coaching front and stuff like that. So I'm excited for it. Again, it's a little different because, yeah, he's the youngest head coach in the NFL. But you look at like Sean McVay, he was hired at age 30. He's been in the league for seven years and now he's 37 or something. And so, yeah, but it, it's kind of, you know, refreshing for us, too, because everyone's wanted a modern style Patriots team and. It's hard to do that with a 70-year-old Bill Belichick, and so we'll see what Gerard Mayo does. I have a lot of faith in him, too, because of what Teddy Bruschi said on the Get Up or Good Morning Football. I forget what show it was. They were talking to him, and you know, he said that this is the exact hire the Patriots needed, right? Like, he's enough of Bill Belichick, but he's also not. He's going to have the Bill Belichick philosophy. He played and coached under him his whole career, but he's also going to be able to do his own thing and have some of those um, nuances that um, Bill didn't. So I'm super excited for Gerard Mayo. I, I thought this was... My second best hiring, I still think Vrabel would have been better, but I am not hurt about, or I'm not like butthurt about Gerard Mayo at all. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. That was pretty much exactly how I felt. I would have preferred Vrabel a little bit just because we've seen it. We know he can take a team to a conference championship game. We know he can lead a team to the playoffs. We've seen some bad years with him as well, but that roster in Tennessee has been atrocious recently. So, And he didn't I'm, even want that roster, right? We know exactly. that he was fighting for the rebuild. So. Which is, yeah. And that, that was that was part of the reason I wanted Vrabel was because he was so upset about them trading AJ Brown and making some of the moves that they did. So I would have preferred Vrabel a little bit, but that does not mean I'm not happy about Mayo. I think he's a great coach. One of the good things, like you said, about him being half Belichick is 
that's all he's seen for defense is playing for the Patriots, playing under Belichick. So he knows the system extremely well, which is exactly what you want. You want to, you want the defense to stay the same. You want the defensive system to stay the same because it's been great. The only thing that I could really see hopefully, hopefully changing and adapting on defense is starting to use Marte Mapu even more at linebacker, which we saw late in the year this year, they started to use him a little more at linebacker and letting some of these new age type players play these new age positions. Um, which Bill was a little hesitant early in the year to do that. So maybe we see Mayo adapt a little bit in that sense, but keep the defensive system the same way. And then hopefully he can make some changes offensively. And whether that's changing in the coaching staff, there were some rumors about McDaniels coming here over Bill O'Brien. Either one of those I think would be a good fit. It'd be cool to see something different on offense because we know what McDaniels can do. We know what Bill O'Brien has done, but at the end of the day, who who you, is he really going to bring in here and restart the offense with? You're not going to get uh, the Lions OC. He's up for head coaching jobs. You're not going to get some of these other guys. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm a big fan of Mayo. I'm a big fan of who he was as a player, who he has been as a coach so far as a leader of men. And you saw so many different people celebrating when he got the job. So many different players like Mac Wilson and um, some of the other defensive guys. And then there was one report, I think it was Greg Bedard, who said that one Patriots player who was a free agent said that he, that's his main priority is to come back to the Patriots now that Mayo got hired. So I don't know if that's more of a disability or just respect to Gerard Mayo and excited for the future of what he can bring and how he leads. Apparently, he's a very vocal guy. He's very loud, but he also has a smile on his face a lot and can keep things fun and light while also working his ass off. So I'm really excited to see what he can bring. I think he's going to change things in a good way, hopefully adapt things uh, to the new age a little bit more with his his age 37 uh, compared to Bill's 71. So <laughs> I'm excited. I, I think it's it's going to be fun to to watch this thing unfold. Yeah, um, Nightshade, this is kind of what I'm interested in is if he gives full control to whoever's at OC, I'm all aboard keeping Bill O'Brien in because Bill Belichick handcuffed Bill O'Brien so bad. He didn't let him hire his own coaches. I still think Adrian Clem's a good uh, head or um, offensive line coach, but you got to get the offensive line coach right because we know how bad our offensive line was. Obviously, you got to bring in talent there, but see what Bill O'Brien does. You know, maybe he brings in Josh McDaniels as a quarterback coach because I really don't think that Josh McDaniels is going to be getting a head coaching or maybe even an offensive coordinator job anytime soon. So bring him back here. Maybe once Bill O'Brien does leave, if he has some success, then you're able to promote Josh McDaniels back to OC. Now, Unless we want him to go take a big swing on a college coordinator or something, I just don't know who he's going to bring up. I think he does need to get a new receiver coach because I really don't believe that Troy Brown has done a good job of developing the guys we've brought in. And we've also had a bad problem of finding and um, establishing what receivers are going to fit in this system. So I, I just it for me, I, I'm just. I, I want to know what he's going to let the offensive staff do. I hope he doesn't handcuff them like Bill Belichick does. I hope he lets a little more freedom and lets, you know, whoever is that offensive coordinator do his thing because Bill O'Brien has had a ton of success in the NFL with the Texans, with the Patriots, as uh, with Alabama as an offensive play caller. He is not a bad offensive coordinator. 
He just was handcuffed and did not have the opportunity, um, you know, to kind of build his staff the way he wanted to. And that's a huge thing. If you don't trust your staff and how they're coaching or teaching what you're installing and what you want to call, that's a huge thing, which will lead us into a whole nother thing probably later in the show about the Mac Jones reports coming out and stuff. But I just I want to know what Mayo's kind of philosophy is there. What's he going to do um, and how he's going to you know navigate that thing, because Obviously, I don't think Bill Belichick's sons will be back. So is Mayo going to call the defense or is he going to promote someone as a defensive coordinator or bring someone else in? Yeah, DeMarcus. I I would love if Mike Vrabel would come be a defensive coordinator, but I could guarantee you he's probably going to have two or three head coaching opportunities. So I think that pipe dreams out the window, which is maybe why I wanted Vrabel a little bit more because you could have gotten Vrabel as head coach and kept Mayo as DC unless he did get offended and, you know, probably went for another head coaching job or something. But no, I'm excited. I just want to see how they build this coaching staff because there's got to be some development from the coaches too because there's a lot of young talent on this team that has not been tapped into yet. And we've got to be able to um, have that, have these coaches bring that out of those guys so we can, you know, get back to the winning ways. Yeah. And and I one option if Clem is gone because there was a couple of reports about I, I know his health is not in great shape but even if he is better by next season I don't know if he's going to be around um, Carmen, Carmen Brasillo he went from us to the Raiders with Josh McDaniels and then he just signed with the Giants as, as offensive line coach that would have been a good option um, as well so yeah it's going to be interesting that's going to be the main thing here right is, is seeing how this offensive staff takes form and then seeing what we end up doing in the draft to kind of revamp this thing. Cause the defense is in a great spot. There's a few key free agents that we've touched on in a couple past videos that you should pay attention to uh, on the defense side of the ball, Mac Wilson, Kyle Duggar. Uh, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. Josh Uche. That's the main thing though, is the offense. Our defense is in a good spot. The offense is not, there's a lot that needs to be done between the offensive line, the quarterback, wide receiver positions, tight end, uh, Hunter Henry's a free agent. Mike Kosicki is a free agent. So that's the main piece of this puzzle. And that's really where he can make his mark early is, is figuring out a creative way to get this offense back on track, even as a defensive head coach. Yeah. And the other thing about Mayo that I love and what players have been talking about is this guy has a track record of developing like players, right? Like he Dante Hightower was a pro bowl under him. A ton of players have loved playing him. He's kind of that player's coach that maybe you say Bill Belichick wasn't because he couldn't connect with them uh, one because he's a little bit older and maybe some of the ways that he ran things. But I, I have no doubt that Gerard Mayo is going to be able to lure some free agents here because of his coaching style, how well he's respected and things like that. So I'm excited for it. Again, I I think the big thing here, and we're going to talk about it, guys, trust me, I'm seeing comments everywhere. The GM is a huge thing and we're getting mixed reports and stuff. The GM is a big opportunity for the Patriots and we don't know what they're going to do based off a ton of reports. We both have our opinions, but I really do think that's what's going to make or break this offseason, and that's what's going to be able to tell, you know, if the Patriots are going to be a great uh, team or not even a great team, but going to be a competitive team or at least building to being a competitive team. Because I think I said this last podcast, like three years ago when we drafted Mac Jones and some of those players were like, hey, this is probably a three year rebuild. Well, based off the drafting and the free agents the last three years, scrap those three years. That was pretty much just like, eh. Those three years didn't happen. We didn't make any progression there. Yeah, we found Christian Gonzalez. We did this and that. But, you know, now we now it's really like this is probably three or four years until you're looking at probably being back in the 
uh, driver's seat for at least the AFC East because um, that's, you know, pretty uh, this is a competitive division or, you know, at least competing for a wild card spot. But the GM is probably going to be the most important thing because I do have a lot of faith in Mayo. I think that he'll be able to come in and, you know, make a good impact right away. Yeah. Do you want to you want anything else on Mayo or you want to kind of I, I wanted to this is in my Instagram comments. Um, It's from James Eli. He's, and I, I would love this talking. It kind of goes along with Joe Judge and stuff. If Matthew Slater does retire, it would be great to have him as a special teams coach. And, I think he, I think he said he wanted to take time off before getting yeah, into that. Yeah, but I, um, that's ideal. I've seen people talk about Wes Welker coming in as OC or wide receivers coach. Uh, it would be a lateral move if he came from Miami to here for wide receivers coach. But um, yeah, wide receivers coach Troy Brown has been great at developing guys in the slot. Jacoby, um, Demario Douglas. Now we kind of need somebody who can develop some outside talent as well, because that's really what we're missing is, is some outside talent. We've had the slot position handled for two decades now, but we really haven't had a dominant outside presence in quite a while since probably Randy Moss or, um, so but that needs to get figured out the co offensive coaching staff in general. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it would be interesting if, if Slater did want to come back and you kind of see Hightower was thinking about coming back maybe as a linebackers coach and joining this staff. So yeah, it, it, it is going to be interesting to see what Gerard ends up doing with this, all the options he has at the coaches. Yeah, there there's some there's some good options. So um, but yeah, let's jump into it. Um, the most talked about thing in the chat and probably what a lot of Patriots fans are wondering right now you know there's there's reports that the patriots don't want to bring in a new gm they might do it after the draft this and that both matt grow and elliot wolf are going to remain with the patriots and have prominent roles in uh, personnel that's what the reports are saying so you know cole right off the bat you know what's your reaction to this report what do you think um and you know do you think this changes or is this just a smoke screen i hope it's not true I mean, I saw after this that Mayo has been in contact with adding some people looking for somebody else to be a, a part of this mix. I don't I don't love this, though. This is not I understand that people have had their hands in this and have been working over the past year to get ready for the draft. But hiring a new head coach. And having the third most cap space in the NFL and a top three pick and deciding we're not going to hire somebody to be the new GM for the next decade and to help handle this. That doesn't seem smart to me. I like Elliot Wolf, Matt girl. I'm not a huge fan of everybody who he has seemed to have his fingerprints all over has been garbage. So I don't, I don't have a ton of confidence in Matt grow. What I would like to see is Dave Ziegler come back. We heard about, I mean, he, as soon as he got to the Raiders traded for Devonte Adams, there's a lot of rumors that he wanted to trade up to get CJ Stroud at number two which would have been a home run for the Raiders, but Josh McDaniels wanted to keep uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and grab him at set. Great decision there. So I would love Dave Ziegler to be a part, uh, to come in as GM. I would like to see Elliot Wolf remain um, as kind of a, a scouting guy and have his hand heavily in the draft and then kind of have Dave Ziegler and maybe Matt Groh can give his opinions and just be part of it in some way. But I would really like to see Dave Ziegler be kind of the head uh, at GM there and then have Elliot Wolf kind of have his hand more in the scouting department and uh, in the draft. That would be my ideal situation. Uh, there's also a couple guys. I know uh, the guy for the 49ers, he just left, so he's not going to be an option anymore. Adam Peters. Uh, yeah. But Jace, you have a, you have a list of a couple other candidates that you were interested in. 
yeah, uh, someone said it in the chat. Um, Nightshade said it. Trey Brown, he is currently the um, senior personnel executive with the Cincinnati Bengals. He worked for Bill Belichick. Guys, I really do believe it's important, one, to look at guys that have connections. I know Bill Belichick's gone, but I think the Crafts had some sort of value in that too, right? Like, it goes to speak a long ways. And I, I know that Bill wanted to keep Patricia and... um Kraft said, no, you're going to go get Bill O'Brien, right? But what did Bill O'Brien do? He had outside experience and success, and he was also a Patriot guy. So looking at guys that the Patriots have some sort of connection to, I think is probably the way they're going to go. So there's the Bengals guy. This is a guy that I'm interested in, but I don't know if a lot of people um, would agree with me. The senior bowl executive director, his name's Jim Nagy. He's done a great job for the senior bowl at developing juniors and seniors. Now, we all know maybe this was a Bill Belichick thing. Who do the Patriots love to draft from? Everybody from the Senior Bowl. <laughs> now, but there are some dudes in the Senior Bowl this year. The Senior Bowl is stacked. Yeah. They got um, a ton of good quarterbacks, Bo Nix, guys like that. Um, and they have always offensive linemen, good receivers, late round guys. The Senior Bowl guy, Jim Nagy, spent a couple years in New England as a scout. He's been around the league for a lot of times. He spent 18 years as a scout through the NFL. So, Maybe there's a connection there. I don't know if he'd want to leave. Obviously, if he got a general manager job, then he probably would leave the Reese's Senior Bowl to be a full-time GM. But I would say Dave Ziegler would be top of my list too because once he did get out of the Patriot system, you're right. He made a huge, huge move in trading for Devontae Adams. And if the rumors are true that he wanted to go for C.J. Stroud, well, trade he was willing one. to trade up. Yeah, then maybe he's willing to trade up for Drake May or trade up for Caleb Williams, whoever that is. Um, so... I think there's a couple options there. I honestly kind of believe that these rumors are true, though, that they're probably just going to let Matt Grow and Elliot Wolf be the guy. And I'm a little impartial about it. I One, I want to see what Grow does without um, Bill Belichick, because how do we know Bill Belichick wasn't just the final say on everything? Like, how do we know Matt Grow wasn't like, oh, let's uh, do this and that. And Bill Belichick was like, no, we're doing Cole Strange. You know, we yeah. don't know. And maybe maybe Grow is horrible. I'm not saying he's had a great track record, but. You know, maybe there's going to be a surprise draft class once Bill Belichick's out of here and grow and Elliot Wolf, you know, can identify talent. So it wouldn't yeah. be the end of the world. But I just think having one guy that's the general manager, that's the guy like having two voices in the room, I think, is never a good thing. Right. Because if uh, opinions di differentiate, there's going to be a power struggle there. I just I want one guy to be in there so that there's a certain one um, that says, you know, this is what it's going to be. But. That, that's yeah. just kind of my thing. Ziegler would be a great, you know, connection that's been with the Patriots. And yeah, absolutely. And he has no problem making aggressive moves, which would be exciting because we haven't seen that in forever. Everything about Belichick has been passive, whether it's his draft strategy, trading back all the time, never trading up, uh, especially in the first round. He probably would have traded the number three overall pick for like 27 second rounders over the next 20. You know what I mean? Like, so that would be I'll exciting. Take your next 38 seventh round picks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For for okay. the third pick straight up. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but it, it's hard to tell, like you said, with Matt Groh and Elliot Wolf and some of these other guys in the Patriots uh, personnel room, did Belichick just say no and go with his own guy? Did they, did they offer up some good ideas, some good players and Belichick just didn't want to draft them? That's what we've heard. We heard rumors about uh, AJ Brown and Debo Samuel meeting with Belichick and the personnel staff and, Bill thought they were too laid back and relaxed and joking around with our personnel people. And Nikhil Harry was more professional about it. So he liked Nikhil more. And it's just, 
we need talent on this offense and we can't, you can't be worried about stuff like that at this point. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see if, if these guys, we're going to find out really quickly if these guys had great ideas and had a great eye for player personnel and scouting. And it was just all on bill and bill picked the wrong guys. Or if we do need more of a shakeup in here. And if a guy like Dave Ziegler should be in the mix here, along with macro and Elliot Wolf. Yeah, it's a, uh... Um, Nightshade is saying, let's see. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. MA football guy said that they're saying that Bill Belichick hamstrung grow on the sports hub. I, I could see it, right? Because when, if I'm just putting myself in my shoes, if I'm a player personnel guy or whatever Matt grows official title is, and yeah, that's my job, but the greatest head coach of all time that has full reins to the coaching and player and drafting and everything in this organization is sitting across the table from me telling me what to do. Are you really not going to listen to him? So I do believe that there was some, you know, where Matt Groh was like, you know, hey, maybe I wanted this guy, but it ultimately came down to Bill Belichick. So we don't know that for sure. Nightshade said you can uh, judge Groh after this draft because it was his first without Bill. Is that true? What, did we, do we know if this was Groh's like, first draft without bill belichick like bill had to had some say in it right we're not assuming yeah i i think so and like we just heard the report about mac jones not being bill's guy yeah but belichick didn't want to put his foot down immediately he wanted davis mills later it was just such a belichick thing like yeah i don't know so it's it's really hard to tell we've heard different reports but we don't we're not in the building so it's hard to make a true opinion on that because we don't know what's going on yeah we really don't so and yeah. Oh, Nightshade. Sorry, I get what you're saying. You're saying this upcoming draft. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's probably one of the most important ones in franchise history in the last 25 years at least. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see how he does. But um, I just do you like if you're sitting here thinking, who do you think traded up in the fourth round pick for a kicker? Bill Belichick or Matt Groh? Whose call do you think that was? I think Bill Belichick. Okay, I agree. Right. Like. Is that not just the most old school thing to do? Like, guys, we got to trade up for this strong laid kicker and get him in the fourth, even though he's projected to be a seventh round pick. But, you know, I just want to get him locked up. Like, I just in a, in an opinion, I I just think that it, a lot of it was Bill Belichick. So, again, Dennis Anderson saying right here that Cole doesn't belong a first round pick. Maybe we get made. You think I'm not getting drafted in the first round this year? Or what is that what he's saying? Is that what he's saying? Cole, I have a top five grade on you. That's what, well, I, that's what I've been hearing everywhere. <laughs> and, and that's another thing, right? Is we're sitting here and we're talking about Cole Strange, right? Well, how many teams value a first round offensive guard? Like there's some that are elite, elite. But Cole Strange was a second round pick maximum, maybe, right? And there were rumors coming out like, oh, you know, he probably wouldn't have lasted pe- past, you know, pick 60 or something. That's fine. But in my opinion, that was the thing where Bill was like, well, guys, we can get off of Shaq Mason in his contract and we'll take this guy in the first. I just and I just I feel like there were so many old school philosophies in the drafting and in free agency. Right. Like Bill Belcher's like, well, Nelson Aguilar could have been a 30 million dollar receiver because of his speed and stuff. But he just had drop issues. So let's go get him for half that and see if we can make him in anything. In my mind, there were so many head scratching decisions that I feel like only could have came from Bill Belichick. And yeah. if they did come from Matt Grow, then yeah, he should probably be fired and not let within a hundred mile radius of New England. But we'll we'll find out if that was a tr- that was the case. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 hard to tell, but um, 
with that whole Cole Strange thing, we traded that pick to the Chiefs and they took Trent McDuffie and he's been absolutely awesome. And that was one guy that we had on our board uh, before the whole draft. And then they trade back and take Cole Strange. And it's like, oh my goodness. So, well, I mean, you both had Cole Strange going to him in like the third round, the right? Third like round. We, did mock, yeah. we did mock drafts all the time of like, hey, you know, this is a good third round guy, you know? And if you get Cole Strange in the third round, I don't think people are complaining in New England, but mm-hmm. now he's a first Absolutely round pick. Not. He's got so much expectation to live up to and he hasn't done it yet. And you're like, Gosh, he could have had, you know, like a, a Trent McDuffie, you know, or someone. I'd have yeah. to go back and look at some of the guys that went out in that class after Cole Strange. But yeah, it's just it's like, gosh, I just, yeah, it, it's hard to swallow that one for sure. Yeah, a lot of head scratching decisions there. But it, yeah, it's the, the other thing I don't like about not getting a GM right off the bat is are they going to be as aggressive as they might want to be? Because you know what I mean? Say, say that Macro and Elliot Wolf say we really should trade up to number one and grab Drake May, Caleb Williams, one of these guys. Is it going to be, well, we don't actually have our GM of the future in house, so we don't want him to be limited with picks for the future years. We should wait on this, just stick at three and see who falls or whatever. I just, I want everybody who's going to be here for the future to be here, let their opinions be known, come up with a collective plan over the next three months, what we're going to do with the draft pick let our scouts who have been scouting these players kind of evaluate them and then have our GM decide ultimately, okay, this is what we should do with input from both Elliot Wolf and Matt Grow. So I don't know that I don't love the idea of waiting on a GM or not having a GM in general, it, say promote Elliot Wolf, have him be GM, have him handle that. Okay, fine. That's, that's all right. Like I would prefer maybe Dave Ziegler. I know that some of these other guys, um, Trey Brown and stuff are exciting in different ways, but I at least want somebody to have the final say, like you said, to where they're making a decision. It's not a collaborative where it's like, oh, well, no, I like this. Oh, well, not like this. And oh, what are we going to do? And then you never really get to a good decision. Yeah, it's a. And that's why I feel like a guy like Dave Ziegler is going to come in. He knows the organization. Probably not going to be super hesitant, right? Plus, he was the GM for the Raiders. So he has experience doing it. So you bring in a guy like that. He's not really going to, he's familiar with the guys in there. Like he was there a couple of years ago. He knows um, most of the offensive staff. He's going to know uh, the crafts. He's going to know um, Gerard Mayo. Cause he would have been on staff with him. So he's you know going to come in. So um, Kevin, I don't think we're saying everything's bill's fault, but I think that you look at the past four years and who did everyone say was the guy in charge. And Bill Belichick would be the first one to stand up there on this podium and tell us, like, I run this team. This is my team. You know, I, I make the decisions. So who, who else are we going to pin it on? Like, I, I'm not saying that Matt Groh didn't have a say in, you know, a fourth or a fifth round draft pick. But Bill Belichick is the face of this franchise once Tom Brady left. The Crafts gave the keys to the kingdom to Bill Belichick. That's like turning to our country and saying, you know, the president of the United States isn't in, in, you know, isn't in charge anymore. Bill Belichick was like the president of the New England Patriots. He did everything for that team. So, you know, right or wrong or whatever, he there was everything that you had, the decisions that were made, good or bad, was a Bill Belichick decision, in my opinion. That's how it was. That's how it was said it was been, and that's how um, it was believed to have been from everyone that followed the team. That was Bill Belichick's team from head to toe. Nothing went without bill belichick having a say in it so if you listen to robert Kraft's interview at the end he literally says belichick made was in charge of every single decision every single thing within the patriot system he had all the power he was he had the keys to everything 
which is also a lot to expect from one guy to be a head coach and a GM at the same time and handle everything. That's a lot. That's a lot. And especially at 71 years old, I'm sure he's bound to go down a little bit in his production. And it's just, it's tough. So I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to make Bill Belichick the bad guy. It's just when one guy has all the power, who else are you going to blame? Like what, whose fault are we going to say it is? It's, it's all Elliot Wolf's fault. It's all Matt Gross fault. Like we have no reason to believe that Bill Belichick, like he has said, and like Kraft said, has a final decision on absolutely everything in this organization. So that's kind of who you have to take the blame. And, and we see that with Bill being fired. That's kind of, it is what it is that we needed to move on in multiple different av- different avenues. And that's kind of where we are at this point. Yeah. Um, Kevin and Nightshade are both kind of saying this and, and I get what you're saying, right? They're saying it's time for new blood, right? Time to move on from Bill Belichick in general. And I don't know if it's the Bill Belichick philosophy or whatever. I wonder if it's the Bill Belichick, the person, right? You know, it's his stuck in his ways. He wasn't able to adapt. So is it time for new blood I think we're naturally going to get new blood, right? Because I don't think anyone in that facility is going to have no one in that facility has the amount of responsibility as Bill Belichick had, right? Like everyone's going to have their own department. Gerard Mayo is going to be head coach. And then Bill O'Brien's going to be offensive coordinator. And the offensive coordinator is probably going to hire his staff and stuff. And then you're going to have the player personnel guys and whoever they say is GM or hire as GM. So I yeah, in a way I do kind of want new blood just because I there hasn't been much adapting the last couple of years. And I I mean, we'll see if maybe once Bill Belichick gets out of the building, if now all of a sudden people are like, hey, you know, now we have all this uh say and you know, we're not gonna be handcuffed or this and that, but we'll we'll see how it all turns out. It would be like trust me, I think me and Cole would have both been fond or very excited if Ben Johnson was the next Patriots head coach. I just really don't think that that's the craft way either. So maybe in three or four years we'll be talking about is Robert Kraft really, you know, the problem or you know, what's his thing? You know, I don't know if that's what we need to at least be talking about right now. Um, we'll see what happens once Bill's gone. But yeah, I, new blood would be nice. I just if I'm telling you my opinion and what I think, I don't think we're ever going to get fresh blood in the Patriot system unless everything is cleared. I'm talking like from the crafts to everything. So, yeah. And, and I don't think that's going to, that's going to ever happen, but I, we've seen reports about craft was starting to get too involved and Belichick didn't like it over the past few years. And I don't think craft should be involved either. Like he said, he's not qualified to make these decisions on personnel or what went wrong. So he shouldn't have his hand in this. You hire the right people who have the knowledge and expertise in this and they make the, the decisions. Of course, if it's something like a 10 year contract for a quarterback, you have to run that past the owner. Like that's, that's important as well. He's going to be the face of your franchise for ever. But overall, I don't think Kraft should have his hands in these decisions. He needs to put the people who have the expertise in a position to have success and let them handle it and go from there. And if they're not doing their job, you move on, you find somebody else. But I don't think, Kraft should have his hands all in this. He he has other things he needs to worry about. So um, I, I agree that he shouldn't. I don't think it's his fault. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't think in the future you're hiring new GM, you're hiring a new head coach. Let them handle it. Let them have success or fail and go from there. But it shouldn't really be Kraft who's involved. You don't want a Jerry Jones situation where he's mingling and everything. 
I was just going to say that. I was going to say the last thing I want from Kraft is for it to be a Jerry Jones situation. And Absolutely. I hope it doesn't get to that. But um, guys, I'm we're seeing your comments. We're going to take a quick ad break. Um, guys, there's two ways to support this channel. Obviously, being here, um, liking, subscribing, commenting. We only have 11 likes on this video, and there's 62 of you guys in here, which is the most we've had in forever. So we appreciate all you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys like, and if you have not subscribed, subscribe to the video. Um, appreciate it all. There will be a mock draft coming out tomorrow morning, mock draft Monday. I'm doing one every uh, Monday, so you guys can look forward to that. Turn the notification bell on for that. If you guys have not already, though, use our code for Underdog Fantasy. We're going to run a quick ad from our sponsors at Underdog, and if you guys want to support the channel and you guys are into a little bit of pickums, you know, or um, over-under picks, Make sure you head over to Underdog and, you know, you guys can use our code um, to get your first deposit matched. Thank you to our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. With Underdog, you have a chance to 20 times your money in a single night. You just have to choose higher or lower for whatever player stats you want, and you have a chance to win big. Pick anywhere from two to five players by downloading their app or going to underdogfantasy.com. And now with their pick of insurance, you don't even have to hit on all your picks to win the money. So what are you waiting for? Make sure you use code PATCHDRIVE today for your first deposit matched up to $100. Yeah, I appreciate Underdog for doing that. I know Cole um, does a lot in the season and stuff, and I don't know. Did you win any this year? you have some good success? Um, Up and down at different points, but overall overall pretty good. It was, it was a pretty I good year. I think this year, if you just hit the under on every Patriots stat, you yeah, probably would have been That was a good bet good. of mine right there. That was, yeah, that, that was a you great bet, If you bet on the Patriots to lose and the under this year, you did great. Like You, you would have made a lot of money, and then it would yeah. maybe it would have been a good year for Patriots fans. Yeah. So, um, no, if you guys want to do that, we'd appreciate that. The other way, if you guys, um, next to the chat button, there's super chats or stickers. If you guys really want to comment or something red, you know, you can donate one, two, five dollars, and of course, we'll get that red as soon as we can. But appreciate everyone being in here. Let's talk about a little bit of not so much draft talk. I think it will get into that. But the reports came out today um, that there was a power struggle between Bill not wanting to draft Mac Jones, you know, but them wanting to have one. So who should shoulder most of the blame for the Patriots recent draft struggles? Do you think it was Bill Belichick or do you think there were other people involved? You know, like we kind of just talked about with Matt Groh. what What's going to change this year for the Patriots? And, you know, is it is it really going to be a good draft? Um, come three or four years down the road. I mean, you would hope so when you have the number three overall pick and it's not only the first round, you got that pick, you got it in the second, the third, the fourth. So you have a better shot than say the Kansas city chiefs or whoever wins the super bowl, the Niners, the Ravens, these teams, the bills. So you got a good shot. You're in the top three. You're, you got a shot at a premium asset, whether that's a Marvin Harrison, jr. Jaden Daniels, Drake may, any of these guys, you a franchise left tackle. If you want it, you got a lot of different options. So there should, this draft theoretically should be more successful than the others. But also, like you said, it, it depends on who's leading that charge. And like we just kind of talked about Belichick had final say on stuff. I think he tried to be more flexible in recent years. Not that he necessarily liked it, but it's not like, Oh, I don't want Mac Jones. I want Davis Mills. Well, it's not like Davis Mills is some franchise superstar quarterback at this point. You know what I mean? I don't even know yeah. if he's on a roster. So that wouldn't have been a great decision either. So it, it's tough. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that Mac Jones was the right quarterback in the right situation. And I think we might have a whole different vision of who Mac Jones is if Belichick surrounded him with more talent. 
if he put an offensive line in front of him, if he put some wide receivers around him, he invested money in the wrong players and didn't really support Mac in a way that a lot of franchise quarterbacks are supported. Joe Burrow, like we've talked about, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you got around him. Uh, Tua, you have Tyreek, you have uh, Jalen Waddle. Their running game, they have an offensive head coach. Every quarterback that you go look at, Jalen Hurts, they traded for A.J. Brown. All these guys have been supported by their team, improving the offensive line and weapons around them, trying to have success and put their young quarterback in the best position possible to succeed. Belichick did not do that. Mac Jones, as we saw, got worse and worse every year. After that rookie year where he did great, it just went downhill from there. So he also had uh, three different offensive coordinators in three seasons so far. It's just, it's tough. It's it's really tough. He just didn't make a lot of decisions that we agreed with, that a lot of the people in Patriots Nation agreed with. It was just, there was a lot of frustrating, head-scratching decisions uh, between different trades, trading Shaq Mason for a seventh-round pick. It's just you saw Trent Brown voice his frustration about it. He's like, why are we, why are we making some of the decisions we're making? And um, I'm sure if he's thinking it, I'm sure other people are too. Maybe they're not saying it because Trent Brown just doesn't care what he says, but still it's, I think like we just mentioned, Belichick has to hold the blame because he makes the decisions at the end of the day. And honestly, it makes perfect sense now that why the offensive staff and personnel look like it did, because if you don't have, the page, if you don't have the head coach of your team believing in you, why is he going to go out and sign or trade for a number one receiver, right? Like, it all makes sense now. So yeah. I'm not blaming Bill if, if he didn't believe in Mac. You know, right now it looks like he was right. But then again, he also handcuffed the crap out of both his offensive staff and his uh, young quarterback and potentially ruined a top 15 pick. Now, Mac Jones has talent, guys. Like, Mac Jones is ruined right now because of the way and the team the Patriots put in front of him. No offensive line protection, no one that can consistently separate, um, you know, hiring a off or a defensive coordinator and a failed head coach as his offensive quarter coordinator. And then another one as his QB coach, he was set up to fail. Believe in him or not, he was set up to fail. So I'm not saying that Mac should get another chance because I do see people in here saying, you know, with the third overall pick, do you go get Jaden Daniels or someone? You guys are going to hear me say it over and over again. If Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board and Caleb Williams or Drake May aren't on the board, I'm going to have a hard time passing on him. Then again, if the Patriots get Jaden Daniels, I'm going to be very excited because he is a super electric quarterback. So I'm fine either way. I'm probably not so much on the train where people are like, we have to have a quarterback. We have to have a quarterback. Because if you look at the NFL playoffs right now, Lamar Jackson, 32nd overall pick. Dak Prescott, second round pick. Jalen Hurts, second round pick. Brock Purdy, mystery relevant. There's enough success from quarterbacks in the league that weren't top of their draft class. Even look at guys like Patrick Mahomes. He was the 10th overall pick. You know, there's guys that have been drafted all over that have had success. Now, I'm not saying we should wait till the second or third round and take one of those guys because they're going to have success. I get it. That's very lucky if teams can find a Brock Purdy or a Jalen Hurts in the second round. But I don't think in the NFL, you have to take a top five quarterback to guarantee success. Because we've seen people all the time. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, was the, a six-round pick. So, exactly. Nightshade said it here. There are so many unknowns at quarterback. And I get it. You have to have a quarterback with talent. But there are a ton of oddball quarterbacks out there that don't think they're going to have a chance that come in and have a very successful career in the league. Now, is it just a quarterback we're waiting for? No. Whoever's calling the shots, whether it's Matt Grell, Elliott Wolf, whoever, 
They need to be able to identify a franchise left tackle. They need to find guys that can separate on the outsides with the receivers. So whoever it's going to be, this is going to be a huge task to ask for. It's not just like this team needs a quarterback. We are a quarterback away and we're going to be contending. No, there has to be talent evaluated at every position and a lot of talent evaluated throughout the whole draft. Now, the Patriots have been good at finding offensive line help in the fourth or fifth round, but they've also never really had a franchise left tackle in the last 10 years. And so would it be nice to have a guy like Joe all or Olufashanu? Yes. It would also be nice to have Marvin Harrison jr. Who would be immediately the best receiver on this roster. Probably since Randy Moss, the most talented guy the Patriots have ever had on this roster. Don't forget about AB for that one week, <laughs> the one week with Antonio Brown was pretty fun, but you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of, talent in this draft this is a very deep draft class at both offensive tackle and wide receiver which is lucky so yeah maybe that does lead people to saying maybe we should get a first round quarterback but and again that requires evaluating talent in the third and fourth round and hitting on that talent so we'll see how that goes and whoever's calling the shots but yeah it just seems like the last couple years you know bill belichick has set up this at least the offense he's done good on the defense side yes someone said it earlier between um Barmore, Uche, um, Duggar, uh, Christian Gonzalez, right? And then Michael Winner, right? He's been one of our best draft picks in the last couple of years. But four of those guys right there are defense. So, I, I mean, Bill Elchick has not been bad drafting on the defensive side, but we all know the defense has not been the struggle of this team. Yeah. And just to kind of play devil's advocate here for a second, I agree with this comment here a little bit. All those quarterbacks that you just named, Dak Prescott, Stacked offensive line, great weapons around him between C.D. Lamb, uh, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, a ton of different guys. Brock Purdy, everybody talks about how he is. <laughs> he could basically just hand the ball off to Chris McCaffrey every time or throw the ball up in the air. And it's, I mean, he is built for success. He's in the Shanahan system, the best running back in the NFL, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, two of the top 20 receivers in the NFL, like, their O-line is fantastic. He is set up great. Jalen Hurts, one of the best O-lines in the NFL. He's got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith at wide receiver, Dallas Goddard at tight end. All these guys that you're talking about that have been laid around picks or they were weighted on by teams, their offensive roster around them is built for success. This Patriots offensive roster, you could put Patrick Mahomes in, and it is not built for success. It is a tough roster offensively. Whoever's behind the offensive line is going to be running for their life. They're going to have nobody to throw it to. It's it's tough. It's a tough situation. And offensive coordinators floating all over the place every year. Somebody else is coming in. It's not a great situation. So I think there's multiple ways to have success in the NFL. I think you get one of the top five quarterbacks, and he's going to put you in the mix every year or you have an outstanding situation around a quarterback who is a game manager and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And you're going to be in a lot of football games. So it kind of depends how you want to build it. And right now, right now your offensive roster is not in a great spot. So it's going to take a lot more work to build that roster to a point where any QB can have success than it is. I think to find a quarterback at the top of the draft, hopefully when you're right there with three great prospects where you can grab one of those guys and build up around him. Like, one thing, I agree. Drake May and Caleb Williams are the two top-tier quarterbacks right there. But Jaden Daniels right there, I think he needs to be in that conversation. He's a guy like Lamar where his athletic ability can make up for some of the growing pains that a young quarterback will have. 
you see Lamar this year really starting to hit his stride with the passing game and involving his legs along with his arm. So I think Jane Daniels might have a year or two where he can start to develop, use his legs as an escape, uh, escape route, but then also develop his arm and you can start to develop pieces around him, whether you're getting a T Higgins in free agency, whether you take a tackle in the second round this year, you take a tackle in the first round next year, however you want to do it. And then you start to build up around him. I think that's a good situation as well. I agree. Marvin Harrison, absolute stud. I would be so excited. His Jersey would be, would be purchased within five minutes of drafting him. I would love that. Um, but Jaden Daniels is such an exciting player. And so is Drake May and Caleb Williams. They're all really intriguing talents where if you get one of these guys who can lead your franchise for the next decade, that's extremely exciting. And you gotta, you gotta be excited about the opportunity for that. I know it is a lottery ticket. I know it isn't guaranteed, but if you hit on that, you can be in the playoff mix every year for a long time. Yeah. Um, Drake may is, if we took Drake may, I think that we would be the best team in the NFL right away. I'm just kidding, but no, I, I'm guys. I'm going to sit here. If you guys think Drake may is trash, I get it. You're listening to everyone else saying he's going to be Mitchell Trubisky because he's coming from North Carolina. This guy, if he was at Alabama, they'd probably have two national championships in the last two years. Guys, J- J- Drake may has the ideal size, the ideal sh- body structure for a quarterback. He's Justin Herbert of this draft class, the most ideal, the biggest arm. He can throw it at any level of the field. He's just been around a very bad team in the ACC, but you can't discredit him for that. Jaden Daniels was around a very bad team in Arizona State, and he transfers, and what does he go? Like, I, I, there, I don't think May, Daniels, or Williams are trash quarterbacks, right? There's going to obviously be people that want Jaden da- Daniels over Drake May, or you're going to say, He's had a very bad last couple of years. Well, yeah, North Carolina's defense couldn't stop a nosebleed the last couple of years. So, yeah, obviously they're going to have a bad record. May, Williams, or Daniels are going to change franchises around the NFL. Now, that's why I'm like, maybe we should take a Jaden Daniels at pick three. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is also a luxury that a lot of teams can't have and a player that this Patriots organization has not had on the outside for a long time. Same with an offensive tackle. Doesn't matter who we bring in at quarterback, like you just mentioned. They might be the most sacked quarterback in the NFL if we do not pick up an offensive lineman. It's just there's so many holes on this team, and that's why bringing in a true GM or someone that has final say, in my opinion, is the most important thing to do this offseason because we have to hit on multiple picks and signings in free agency. This isn't just an important draft class. This is an important offseason for the pages. You have the third most cap space. You have a very good um, position in the NFL draft. You have multiple picks in other rounds throughout the draft class. You have to do a lot of things right this offseason, not just the draft, not just free agency. So we need someone in here that is willing to take those risks and willing to Maybe move up to number one to take Caleb Williams because he's that guy. Or maybe, you know, uh, take a chance on trading for someone in the offseason or whatever it is, signing someone to a $20 million contract like T. Higgins, right? A lot of guys are saying T. Higgins. Guys, if I knew the Patriots could get T. Higgins, I'd be all over it. I just, I don't know who's a good, if that's realistic. You know, maybe now that Bill Belichick's gone, it is realistic. But, you know, that's also 
we'll see how it goes. So we'll obviously have videos coming out of like our ideal off season. You know, who, who's it going to be? You know, do we go out and trade, take Jaden Daniels and then trade for a receiver and sign an offensive line? Like we'll have it like this. We will have who is um or our ideal off season. So it, 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 there's a lot of different ways to improve this roster and we'll see how they do it. But I don't think any guy, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or Caleb Williams is a trash quarterback. People just need to go out and watch the film and stop listening to, you know, the uh, comparisons of he went to North Carolina, so he's Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. You know, Imagine so if he was in the Washington offense, like with that yeah. line and those receivers. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, Drake I, May I, has I, more arm talent than anything than Michael Penix. So it's logic. I, I'd like to know who your top three quarterbacks are, because if if Drake may was also throwing to Malik neighbors, who is a generational talent in himself, he's just behind Marvin Harrison jr. Or Brian Thomas. He'd probably have just as good as stats, obviously not running and stuff, but Drake may can maneuver the pocket. He had more rushing yards than Caleb Williams, not more rushing touchdowns, but more rushing yards. So, you know, if you put Drake may on any of these teams, same with, um, you know, uh, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, sorry, I, I'm blanking on his name, but if you were to put any of these quarterbacks in like a, a, a Alabama situation, or like you said, Washington with two first or a first round receiver and the best offensive line in the NFL, Drake May would have ate it up. So, yeah, yeah, no, Caleb, I mean, Jaden, and Penix. Interesting. That's I think Penix will naturally drop because of his physicals, but I'm a Penix fan. I think he's a first round guy, but I don't think you can take him over Drake May just because of how many injuries he's had and you know the the baggage that's going to come with him. So. Caleb Jaden Penix. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it looks like a lot of people are going to be falling on on Penix down. He's going to yeah. be going down the board. It looks like just because that game against Michigan. And I mean, he, yeah, like you said, his injury history is a question mark. He looked like he was hurting in that game. So we'll see what comes out of that. But yeah, um, yeah getting a guy like Drake May, like Ashton says here, it, it reminds you of a guy like Justin Herbert. It's just the build, the arm talent, the ability to move in uh, out of the pocket as well. It's not it's not a uh, Jane Daniels type athletic ability, but he can he can hold his own. He's an exciting player and he plays well in structure. So I think if you get Drake May, you're absolutely ecstatic. That that's my ideal situation is the the Bears trade down to number two with Washington. Washington takes Caleb Williams or whatever, and then uh, Bears take Marvin Harrison, and we get our pick of uh, either Drake May or Kelly, Caleb Williams, whoever fell. And if, if you like Jaden Daniels a lot too, he could be in that mix as well. But if Drake May's on the board, I'm taking him. Um, so that that's, I think that he's a great pick. If you can get him at number three, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, MA football guy, Nightshade saying, I don't want a pocket passer again. I don't want Drake May. That That's fine. You guys, guys, we're going to, we have four months until the draft. We're going to have this argument all the time and stuff. I guarantee not, you. Not you everybody's going to agree. You know yeah. I mean? If it's, you guys, if you guys could have, if you guys could have Justin Herbert on this Patriots team right now, you would take him and don't lie to me and say you wouldn't guys like the physical and, structure yeah. and everything about Drake may. I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Herbert, but he has that build. He has that big frame. He has that arm that can throw it down the field, you know, with ease. I, I if he develops into a guy like Justin Herbert, you guys are all going to be like, Oh man, now I yeah. want this. Would have been nice oh, to have Drake may. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and go, go ahead. I was just going to say the running quarterback thing. Like guys, we had Tom Brady for 20 years. Why all of a sudden do we not want a pocket passer? Like I and get it. It's, Running it's not like he's fun. just a pocket passer though. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? He, he performs well as a pocket passer, but he's a guy who can escape the pocket, get out of the pocket, use his legs, throw on the run. It's not like he's a statue there. He has yeah. way more ability than a Mac Jones, uh, Bailey Zappi type. He, he can move the, the kid can certainly move. So, uh, and I just want to touch on this. 
this is physically impossible to jump the bears uh, for Marvin Harrison because they're the number one pick. But if you trade with him, (laughs) I don't know why anybody would want to trade up for Marvin Harrison. Like, you know what I mean? If you're, if Marvin Harrison is going at one or two, you're getting one of the top two quarterbacks that could change his franchise. I don't know why you'd want to dump a ton of future assets into a receiver who probably would be there at three anyways. I just, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I have, I also Patriot Lamar over Herbert right now. Agree. The other thing about Lamar Jackson for four years, these guys ran mainly 12 and 13 personnel and had one of the best offensive lines in the game. Do you really believe the Patriots have that right now? Do you really Absolutely. believe that? If because yeah, yeah, no. if we don't re-sign Hunter Henry or Mike Kosicki, who's our tight end? Farrell Brown. So now we got to go get one more to run twelve. We'll have to re-sign Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. And we oh. don't have a fullback, right? <laughs> who, who do who do the Ravens always have? Right? They always yeah. have a fullback, Patrick Ricard. We don't have Jacob Johnson anymore, or we don't have um. Geez, I'm drawing a blank on the James Devlin. We don't have James Devlin anymore. We don't have the personnel to run that. So unless we, unless in the Patriots' mind. We're going to take Jaden Daniels and Bill O'Brien is going to switch his whole philosophy from what he's ever ran in football to have a running style quarterback. I don't think it, it happens. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm not arguing that. I just, we got to be realistic here. I don't think that Bill O'Brien's going to do that. And I don't think the Patriots have that personnel. The if that's where they want to go. Yes. It, it, but if that's where they want to go, they can do it, but it's going to be a total over, overhaul of this offense, a total overhaul. Not just yeah. building off of, you know, oh, we have Michael Winner and stuff. It's going to be like, we got to go find two good blocking tight ends. And you're probably going to have to, like, you're going to throw out all development of wide receivers because for a couple years, teams played eight, nine guys in the box and just played man coverage on the Ravens because they knew Lamar could only win with his legs. So if, if that's what we want to do, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But I just don't believe that's how the Patriots want to build their offense. So We'll see how it goes, obviously, more and more. It's just, it looks very unlikely that's what the Patriots want to do with their offense. So, but then again, Jaden Daniels can play in structure. He can throw a, he can throw the ball better than Lamar Jackson could out of college. I will admit that. So I'm not saying he can't come in and we can't build around him, but I think it's a totally different looking offense than what the Patriots currently have right now. Only thing I'd say about that too is when, when would be a better time to overhaul this offense in this system than right now? I agree. I do. So agree. If, if you are going to take a Jaden Daniels type, this is the perfect year to do so. You got a new yep. head coach. You can change offensive coordinators if you want. You need to rebuild half the offensive line. David Andrews is going to be probably retiring soon. Um, you need new receivers. Basically, everybody except Mario Douglas can be on their way out. So it's a great time to do this if this is what you want to do. Um, so I, I would be okay either way. Any one of those top three quarterbacks, I'd be happy. Marvin Harrison Jr. I'd be happy depending on who's available. Um, but I don't know. I just, I feel like it's, it's going to be better to take a quarterback and, and build that way than a wide receiver. I know he's such a home run pick, which would be nice. Cause we haven't had one of those in the first round in a while. I know uh, Christian Gonzalez is, is looking great so far after four games, but um, I don't know. Just having a wide receiver like that would be so exciting too. I'm, I'm not in on fields. I, I don't know if you want to touch on fields at all. No, I'm, I'm- I'm not interested. I'm not interested because I don't know what he'd go for. I think he played well enough to have some value. Some teams will want him, but I just, I think we've seen what Justin Fields can become. I don't think the Patriots have a DJ Moore on their team. So unless they go sign a T Higgins and yeah, or draft Marvin Harrison jr. But I just, I think that he, we've seen what Justin Fields is and I don't think he can like, 
he would have to have the most ideal situation around him. And I, I still think he'd probably fall short like Tua, right? He could have Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle and the best running game and a great offensive head coach. And I still think he's going to fall short. So I just, I don't think that it would be, um, I don't think that fields is the answer either. Just continue to find young talent, draft a quarterback, you know, wherever you feel like that is or whatever. So, but now it's just, it's fun to talk about all this stuff, guys. And like we said, like, we're all on free agency and draft stuff now, right? We found out our coach. We'll probably have another video or something if there's more news about maybe an OC or a GM and stuff, but that we will be able to have lives like this so many more times. Plus, we're going to be doing mock drafts with you guys. We're going to do three, four, five round mock drafts where you guys have an opinion um, through PFF. Uh, we're going to be able to have you guys call into the show and stuff like we have a lot of stuff that we want to do this off season. And when we see 65, 70 people in here, like this, this is freaking fun. Like, thank you guys so much for this support. Again, use the underdog code. If you guys haven't already liked uh, the video, go like that, like this video, subscribe, turn the notification bell on for mock draft Monday tomorrow. But Cole, this was awesome, man. I, I honestly didn't expect 67 people in here right now, especially an yeah, hour no. in and we still have 60 people. You guys freaking rock. Yeah, no, thank you guys a lot. And I mean, it just makes for a better conversation getting everybody's different opinions. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah, so we, we got a bunch of stuff planned for this offseason. We're going to be able to have this conversation. Different things are going to pop up. We're going to hit free agency. We're going to be able to talk about that. And then things might change. If we sign a T. Higgins, that will probably change people's opinion about Marvin Harrison. Maybe you do go get a Jaden Daniels. So there's a million different things that could change between now and the draft. We're going to see uh, the Senior Bowl happening. We're going to see... Uh, the NFL combine, a bunch of stuff is going to happen. We're going to see hopefully maybe a GM higher or not. We'll find out more about that. I'm sure soon. So yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, Gerard Mayo's press conference is Wednesday, I believe. So tune into that. If you guys are interested, we might have a video or a live about that at some point next week. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys a lot for, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Taking your time out of your Sunday. Yep. Um, Deluna, if you want a Bo Nix opinion, follow my mock draft tomorrow. I've already drafted Jaden Daniels and Drake may in my um, other two mock drafts. I need to do one. I'm not incorporating um, trades yet. So I haven't gotten to Caleb Williams, but if you want a Drake may, or if you want a bonix opinion, I'll get a bonix. And that's, what's um, so fun about me doing the mock drafts guys is I'm going to try not to take like the same people over and over again. I'm opening it up to a four round mock draft. So I'll get to talk about a little later prospects, but like, I'm not trying to just draft Jaden Daniels at three every time. Like you might tune in in three weeks and I might take freaking um, Joe Alt or someone, which, you know, teaser, I probably will and stuff. And you guys will be like, this sucks. Well, just I just want to talk about see how it falls. Yeah, just exactly. Situations. Absolutely. Talk about yeah. every prospect. So if you guys want to see a second round quarterback like Bo Nix taken, tune in tomorrow. If you guys want to see what I did with us taking Jaden Daniels, go watch my mock draft Monday from last uh, week. That one had 5,000 views. Again, thank you guys for the support. So, we are going to have a ton of stuff. Edward, I, honestly, I know you, I, I don't know if this is a joke right now or He's not. So it's passionate so, about I know it, you're like. so passionate about it and I appreciate <laughs> it. I don't even care. I have my opinions about it, but I, I appreciate all the support and the uh, adamancy you have about firing uh, Bill O'Brien. And I love how you call him Butchin O'Brien. It's that one always, uh, that one always makes me laugh. No matter if I'm in the middle of an argument or talking or something, <laughs> anytime yeah. I see that pop across my comment feed, I, yeah, I he, he should. Edward should change his name to to Edward Butchin or something. Something. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. But this comment, real quick, I just want to touch on because I think it's a good point. Uh, Jaden Daniels is six four. He is thin. If he puts thin, on thin. twenty pounds of muscle, 
and you yeah. see him weigh in differently at the combine. He's still running uh, like four, three, four, four, and he's putting up bigger numbers. If he can add to that frame and you get him in an NFL weight room, hopefully he can. I think that just adds to his stock too. Cause that's one thing you, you want your quarterback to be able to take some hits and he is yeah. thin, especially if he's on the run, he's going to need to protect his body and, and stuff like that. Um, red Patriot. That is, that is exciting. Anything signed by Brady. That's, that's fun. Uh, Dennis, we that's appreciate fun. it. This means a lot. Um, did you see the Tom Brady baseball card? It was like a one on one. It yeah, just sold cool. for like one hundred and fifty eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that's that. crazy, cool. man. He's not even in a Patriots jersey. He's in a Montreal Expos, Expos. jersey. Yeah, I saw freaking that. crazy, man. Yeah, anything yeah. signed by the goat. I got a couple. I got a jersey and a signed helmet and stuff. And um, there's a lot of people in my life that are like, you should sell that. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think it's just going to go up in value. Plus, yeah. I got it when it was like now. It's even more expensive than what it was when I got it. But it's like, oh, absolutely. This is just, you can never, I don't know. I just feel like I could never part with this. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I I would love to have something like that. But uh, I yeah, will no. say I did get a signed Mac Jones jersey after his rookie year and I framed it and everything. And I'm sitting here looking at it and it's very beautiful. But I'm going to say I lost. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say I lost I got, some money on that. one. I got the Mac phone case. Valuable. I got the Mac canvas. Yeah, we're 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 in deep with uh, with Mac Jones. But hey, it's going to be the same thing. If we draft the quarterback in April, you're going to see a new phone case, new canvas up there. It's all going to be all going to be changed. Yeah. Um, Red Patriot. No, we noticed you the whole time. We saw there's just a lot of comments to get through and stuff. And we could be on here for legitimately five hours if we tried no, to hit absolutely. on all your guys' comments. And yeah, I I I, I want to say we tried better than most live streams, at least for Patriots that I watched at least touch on most of your guys' comments. So if we didn't get to a comment you guys really wanted to, I'm sorry about that. Again, we'll be live a lot of other times. Again, the best thing to do if you really want to comment red. All you have to do is donate like a dollar ninety. That's the cheapest you can do. And like, we're going to be thankful no matter what. But if we see a, a comment pop up and you donated, we will get to that thing next. That'll be the next thing we talk about. Yeah. Again, it's fine. We're not telling you to, but we try to get to all your comments no matter what. So we just appreciate you guys being in here. And, and Red Patriot, we know we've known you for a year or two now. So we know you're a faithful one. We'll, we'll get to your comments again. I'm sorry about that. I promise you we'll... Uh, We'll uh, get you get you uh, in the next live stream. Maybe you should call in too. Like we'd love to hear from all you guys. Like MA football guy, I know you've called in. Um, Ashton, uh, if if we ever drop a link in the chat where you guys can call in and give your opinions and stuff, we'd love to hear from you guys. Like your voices too, not just um, you know the the chats. But appreciate it also. Yeah, we we, we, we did, did we did touch on fields uh, briefly, but um, yeah, it was it was brief. Yeah. The other thing is, is we try to structure a show, right? Like we don't want to just come on it's here. It's hard and jump. to bounce around so much. Yes. You know what I mean? You, you want to. So MA football guy, yeah, there you thank go. You. $2. Thank you. Thank you. Thank hey, you. We appreciate after it. that. We'll go to a new mic. Once I, once, <laughs> once I can afford it, guys, if you have everybody... enough comments in the chat, Cole will buy a mic now. Yeah. He has to fix his car and yeah, we all know how much cars can cost and yeah. stuff. So that might be on the back burner, but yeah, we'll, we'll put that towards a new mic for Cole. Absolutely. Thank you, MA football guy. And of course, he'd, he'd be the first one on this channel to, to do that. We appreciate the support. Absolutely. That means a yep. lot. Yep, we do. Uh, Red Patriot. Yep. Appreciate the two years. Yeah, we, we got a lot of things planned. You know, we it was a hard year for Patriots, especially in season to want to get on and talk about this. But I don't think there's a better time to be talking about Patriots football than the draft coming up because we could get a top five. Well, we do have a top five pick, but we could get one of the best um draft picks we've had in the last last 20 years just because we've always been drafting in the 20s or trading yeah. out of the first round for a second round pick so we're not used to seeing this 
No, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's exciting at the same time. Like that's what I get most excited about is getting to see these, these young talents, getting to evaluate them and see them develop with your team. Like that's so exciting to me. I, I don't know about everybody else, but the draft in this time of year is my favorite time of year it, other, other than getting to watch it on Sundays, but it's just, I, I love this part of the year. It's, it's awesome. Yep. And we appreciate, and we like all you guys, like this isn't just for us too. Like we love coming in and talking to you guys, but we love how MA football guy and Ashton and red Patriot, like roast each other in the comments. Like that's oh, what yeah. we're trying to build here. We're it's trying to, to try to read those as we're kind of going through it too. And just try to follow along. Yeah. We're trying to build a community here, right? Like we don't want to just come on here and have me and Cole talk face to face for an hour. We're like, we do like, we like incorporating you guys. We like you guys talking with the chat. So yeah, we're excited that we're doing this again too. And, you know, getting into it with weekly videos or, you know, uh, weekly lives and stuff. So we'll, We'll keep it up. I'm I'm excited to have all this going on. So, yeah. but no, Cole, we've been on for an hour and nine minutes, and ever I, I feel like we've had over fifty viewers for at least seventy five percent. So we appreciate all of this, and yeah, yeah it's it's a uh, we'll have to get back on soon because I know there's a lot on Patriots' minds, and and we'll we'll keep that in the back of our yeah, minds. Absolutely, so. yeah. Start start of a new era for the Patriots, and uh, hopefully for this podcast too. So we will uh, we appreciate all the support from you guys today. Um, and come back next time. We'll uh, we'll have something scheduled. I'm sure next week, and we can try to get to any questions we missed. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much. We re really appreciate it. Yep. So um, wrap it up, guys. Thank you so much again. Like, subscribe, comment, turn notification bell on. Mock draft Monday coming out tomorrow. Um, make sure you have the notification bell on one for clips and two when we do go live, so you guys don't tune in and we've already gone live and stuff. We love talking to you guys, like we said. So follow us on Instagrams. We We'll probably be more posting there too. You know, any off season news, we try to um, post it on our Instagrams, which are right next to our name. So appreciate it. Um, and we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Patriots Drive Podcast. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things New England Patriots. Make sure you tune into the next episode and check out PatriotsDrive.com for more great content. Seven year old Cincinnati.